0: Welcome everyone to another exciting episode of The Course on Pulse. This is episode number 1776 as it is July 3rd. And we are exactly 164 days away from The Last Jedi. With me as always is James and David.
1: Yeah, so where I'm recording from is not my usual recording space, so apologies if people hear explosions and that kind of thing. Rockets, red glare, and all,
0: you know?
2: And my spot is my normal recording space, but the town next door is shooting off a ton right now, so also apologies.
0: And my redneck neighbors are blowing off fireworks, so again, apologize for the explosions. It's very American, though. It's the only way to celebrate the birth of your country. <laughs> What was that from The Simpsons, where he's like, Oh yeah, celebrate the birth of your country by blowing a part of it up.
2: <laughs> so what was blowing up Alderaan celebrating? The death of the rebellion?
0: That didn't work out so well. No, it did not. But uh anyway, so we apologize for all the background noise and audio interferences. It's not our fault. We just want to go ahead and give you a little heads up there. And of course, if you're an American, uh, have a good 4th of July. But, uh, yeah, so we were off this week. uh We were trying to get off of our... uh Lord and Miller discussion in our Han Solo thing, but we had some comments from some fans here, uh, most notably the unofficial official forum mod, uh, Red Leader Antilles himself. Unfortunately, he chose to back David in his comments he left on the last episode, which uh, that's negative points from me, but...
1: verb, uh, What was it? A verbal shout-out from me? Thank you for understanding my
0: points. <laughs> Boo! But, uh, yeah, so w- w- what did you say that he liked there, David? They were really... Th- three pieces
1: that I found really interesting uh one of them was something that I don't think I voiced correctly in the last episode uh so from Red and Antilles he wrote I am infuriated at how this was handled it feels like they care more about what the guys upstairs and the larger universe needs rather than the film itself which you know they asked these two to make might as well get a lap dog. Strangely, uh, strangely, the saga films seem to give control, but the anthologies have all these shackles. And that was something that I think really was core for me. I am bothered by how this entire situation came about, how this situation was resolved, and why this situation occurred in the first place. That is where my frustration and my problems with what's going on with Han Solo kind of pop up from. But... That last point that that they made, I want to get your opinion on them. Like, do you feel, from what we've seen so far, that the Saga films actually have ceded more control to the directors as opposed to these anthology films?
0: I don't know. I think last time I said the only reason why J.J. got what he was able to do is because he is J.J. Abrams. He has a production company. He has success on both TV and uh, movies behind him, so if anyone was able to push back which is what he we heard we did a little at least with the release date it would be him because he is jj abrams you know we only got one saga film out right now ryan johnson says he has complete creative control but uh so too said that gareth edwards about Rogue one so and we know that that not to be the case at least with the ending so it's rough to see or to think okay maybe you know we'll have to wait and see what uh comes out if anything does for the last jedi but as of right now i don't know if i'd agree with that
2: yeah i i'm I'm with tom on that we we don't have enough data the the only saga film we have that's come out that has all the background is um the force awakens and like tom said jj abrams was able to push back because of who he is not necessarily because the studio wanted him to push it
1: back do you think then that maybe this idea is could still potentially be correct, but it's less of a Disney or a Lucasfilm directed thing where no, we're just ceding control to the saga films, but these anthology films they're they're like really holding tight on. But that the directors that they've been hiring for the saga films are simply I guess more respected within the Lucasfilm apparatus to the point where they are able to push back. Whereas when they decided to go get some of these more indie style directors for the for the anthology movies because of lucasfilm's perception of them they just don't have the clout to push back or at least they aren't expecting them to have the clout to push back
2: see i could see that
1: yeah kind of like an unintended consequence thing as opposed to this is by design we want the anthology films a certain way
0: I, I don't I don't really group that either because Ryan Johnson doesn't fit the bill for that because he his only really big movie was Looper the rest of his yeah. movies have been smaller films independent films or just if there was a major major studio in, involvement behind it they were really low budget or uh, shorts that he did so Lord and Miller have done more big budget than him so yeah I I don't know I don't I don't agree with that either it's a good it's a good question to ask and you know maybe that will be true going forward
1: yeah i it's something we'll see uh so next piece uh that i thought was really interesting that red Leader and Tillys brought up was that yeah lord and miller certainly lost it by the end and did need to get fired though i wonder what the lead-up was like i mean imagine being given a star wars film only to be told that you are essentially the puppet of Lawrence cast and it's not your film mm-hmm. do you think that 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 played much into their reaction and how they reacted to Lawrence Kasten? or do you think that these two were simply doomed from the start that even if castin wasn't there nothing they were going to put out was going to be worth
0: a damn i would i would want to know if i were being hired okay who's writing it and then i would want to talk to them and see where they're so that we could get on the same page me personally that's what i i know i would do i would try to be political and talk to people about you know where, where they're going with it uh i don't know what they did it doesn't it sounds like they were trying to shoot something else opposite the page but yeah going into that and doing that is kind of odd you know what i mean it's like why would you why would you do this i don't know what do you guys think for me this is something
1: where i i do think that this may might have been one of the major problems Because from at least what I've seen, what a lot of directors wind up doing is they're used to being in control of the screenplay and the story. And if they decide that the film needs to go a certain way, making that change to push it in that direction. And I think with what we saw from the interviews from The Hollywood Reporter about what Lawrence Kasdan and what Kathleen Kennedy were doing with Lawrence Kasdan as kind of like the the sidecar rider for Lord & Miller, I think that it really caused a major issue with them as creatives. And I think it was a situation that they weren't expecting to be in. And when they got in there, I think that they were really unhappy. And I think that partially played into why everything melted down the way it did, which is a shame.
2: I can almost buy all that, but something I keep coming back to is... People on the set, and this is all rumor and conjecture, but from what I'm understanding and from what I've read, people were upset not just with, like, the changes they were making, but, like, how they were managing the film, right? Like, they were only taking two or three angles of shots that should have had 12 and 15. I mean, that's just not good filmmaking for a Star Wars movie. It's, It's handicapping your editors. So... I don't know if I buy that it was all Kazden and everyone else was kind of, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking everything and they had a chip on their shoulder. I mean, it sounds like they just didn't get it. And when I say that, you know, right earlier, Tilly brought up the Lego movie and Lego movie is 100% CGI. So it really doesn't matter what, you're not shooting everything, you know, it's, it's all being done on a computer. 21 and 22 Jump Street, those, you know, you really don't have that many angles probably comparatively. I don't know I make it obviously and I edit it but I would think you need for a Star Wars movie you need a lot of different angles to determine what sets what what um, takes you want to use and they do it.
1: That's one piece I'll disagree with you on because some directors don't have many angles that they take like some directors only take two or three the 12 to 15 was what Kathleen Kennedy wanted not what they wanted or what they would typically do. Gareth Edwards, like, he just shot content like nobody's
2: business. But you know what? Kathleen Kennedy's your boss. If she wants 12 to 15, you're giving two, then you're that's not a we're handicapping you. That's like we want a lot of different shots. We want to have enough to edit. And you're not going to provide that. Then you're going to have a big problem. And that's forget talent. Forget handicapping. That's your boss. And you, your boss's say is
1: their say. I understand that point, but I think the only thing I would say to it is that with Kathleen Kennedy, I feel like they were told that they were hired on to to direct this movie and to make a Han Solo movie. Now, that means that the editing process is something that was going to be done by them. A lot of the iterationing was supposed to be done by them with the interference that it seems like they got, rightly or wrongly. I don't think that that's what wound up happening. And I think that, I, I think, honestly, I think part of the thing is I have that they got a little boo-boo faced over the whole thing. And in the end, it was probably just a really poor work environment, which is sad. Because before that, like, the week that that came out, I was going to make some other quips about how it looks like everyone but Alden... Erickson is having a fun time on set because there are some great cast photos from like Woody Harrelson and, uh, you know, Childish Bambino that look like they're having fun there, but you never see Alden in them.
0: Well, they're probably high. I mean, Woody Harrelson is probably high all the time, so he's always <laughs> having fun wherever he is.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's that's something that we see. Like, I think I'm not sure if this was partially because maybe maybe there's some clashes like in within the cast that help that basically exacerbated things, which would be sad. But
0: you never know. Well, here's the thing with Lord and Miller. Like, they have. They, I mean, they've been working. This is what they do professionally. They have to know how things work, and I imagine they know more than us about how things work behind the scenes. Why would they? want to go ahead and if not follow instructions especially from what I mean they were they started production after the reshoots on Rogue One happened and they brought in a new director to uh, change the ending of that movie so they knew that going into this Han Solo movie and they go into it from the get-go wanting to go up against Lawrence Kasdan which is an old friend of Kennedy and he also has the pedigree of Empire Strikes Back, Layers of the Lost Ark, all of that. So, I mean, Kennedy, too, she was producers on, uh, I, I believe, Raiders, but she's worked with Steven Spielberg. I mean, she's worked on Schindler's List. She was executive producer, I believe, or producer. So, you know that they'll go ahead and change it, and then you'll just, you're butting heads with them anyway. I mean, that's just kind of weird from for them to be, to be having this type of Mantra of like we'll do whatever we want. We're not going to listen to our bosses. It's just it's odd, and then it's still odd at the same time that Kathleen Kennedy would hire them. I could see kind of why, but I think like directors like Gareth Edwards and Ryan Johnson were good hires because, like I said last time, they they build their own worlds uh, and they do it and they're used to doing it on the cheap and they can focus in on stories. Uh, not so much with Godzilla, but I mean Gareth Edwards did with his uh, movie. What was it called Monsters or whatever? So I mean, it's just weird. It's just a weird situation on both sides of the aisle, and it, it gives me a vote. Of, you know, no confidence for uh, for what Kennedy's done uh, thus far.
1: And that kind of leads into the final uh, piece that I thought Red Leader and he's had a question of that I found really fascinating, which was here's a question: Was this film doomed from the start? In my opinion, it was. And it has nothing to do with this situation with Lord and Miller. I think a Han Solo or any movie that's based on any of the trio and is exclusively based on any of those trio, I think there is no way that you can make people happy with it. I just think that there's too much emotion tied up with what we know about the character that if you were to create a movie on any of them, I think it would come back to bite you. And I think it would come back to bite you pretty hard. Like, I I would fully expect... No matter what happened with this movie, that in a number of circles, it would get absolutely panned. And that a lot of the people that would like it, it's one of those things where if you look at their their content and their review, you'd really have to ask yourself, is this person watching this movie now? Or is this person's eight-year-old persona watching this because of the nostalgia factor? And that's why I think that any Han Solo film was kind of doomed to, to, to blow. I'll buy that none of us of the three of
2: us were particularly excited about it like you said any of the trio that they make a movie on so you know a young a young movie they're gonna come up against a lot of different heads and a lot of different egos and a lot of different thoughts
0: yeah i i've run into very few people that really want to see this and uh, it's not just our group of friends of course none of them really enjoy star wars uh me and david's group anyway but uh random nerds i meet at gaming events and stuff that are star wars fans i've heard uh everyone's been kind of like eh hey, we don't want to see that movie so i don't know if it was doomed I, I i guess i could kind of agree that it was doomed i don't know I, i kind of want to know what our fans think maybe we should do like a poll or something is there some way for us to use the technologies to get a sampling of our uh, uh, audience here
2: could do a twitter poll
0: there we go yeah
1: run it for a week
0: yeah we'll see what numbers we get and see uh see where we're at yep and report
1: results on episode 78
0: sounds like a plan all
1: right, yeah, that's. I think you know, as you mentioned last time, Tom. I think that that's enough about Han Solo for right now. I am Han Soloed out again.
0: It's weird, but hey, let's talk about some uh, goofy potential spoilers here. With uh, I saw this article. It kind of popped up. Or not really an article, just screen caps from uh, this. I think it was a Facebook website page or something on Facebook website that doesn't make sense. But uh, this is uh Yeah, we got an article here from flickeringmyth.com. And it says, leaked Star Wars The Last Jedi artwork shows Snoke's Royal Guards and the Gorilla Walkers. This is from uh, June 9th, 2017 by Gary Collinson. So, potential spoilers. They, they had showed up also on com, but in it, the Facebook page was Temple of Aslan? Aslan? <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. Aslan. Aslan. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, uh, which one do you want to talk about first? Because, yeah, there were three things here. There was the uh, Supreme Leader Snoke's Elite Praetorian Guard. There was the First Order Stormtrooper Officer. And the AT-M6, apparently.
0: Let's go with the big giant walker robot, the at and 6 can I
1: just say I'm not a fan of this <laughs> off the get-go? You can, because I'm agreeing with you. What,
2: what, what's that fucking canon?
1: All right, so to since this is an audio podcast and you may not know what we're talking about, uh, the atm 6 looks like if you'd taken an AT-AT and above its head, where you typically just have that sloped surface, instead you buff that out so that it's uh, flat. So it, it basically goes where the neck, joins in, there's basically a straight line up, and then you add some kind of cannon there. Can't really tell exactly what kind or purpose that cannon is, but it looks like there's a cannon there.
0: Yeah, it's like there's a little pillbox on the top of a normal AT-AT, and yeah, you got uh, some really big cannon popping out the front. It's almost as long as the uh, head.
1: That is one of the things that I think bothers me about this, because turrets, like... Turrets are useful things. It allows you to shoot in a wide range in arc, especially if you have a, a machine that is somewhat limited, as far as we've seen anyway, in terms of lateral and turning movement.
0: Yeah, most fixed guns on tanks, I think nowadays, there's. I can only think of two modern tanks that have fixed cannons. You really cut down on your you know arc of fire with something like this
1: see the limited arc of fire isn't even my problem my problem is with the platform this is on like if it was a tractor wheeled platform or a repulsor lift I'd be fine with it having like a fixed gun because Star Wars has fixed guns it's a thing it's okay but the AT-AT platform doesn't do so well with the whole turning thing that's one of the reasons for the articulated neck there, so it can actually give you a field of range and fire.
0: Yeah, it'll at least give you a 180, but this one looks like it might be able just to give you a 90 degree arc.
1: Yeah, it gives you a 90 degree arc and can't depress because of the head.
0: It reminds me of like a
2: siege weapon, like something you'd set up away from a base and just waylay the base.
1: Oh, so you think that that... Like, You know, there's this little hutch over the can. Do you think that that might even flip up and that could be, like, some kind of artillery piece instead of a forward-facing cannon?
2: It could be. I mean, I don't know. It could be, though. I don't know why you'd make this device and put, like, something like that on an AT-AT, but the only thing that makes sense to me is, like, a siege weapon. You
1: know, I take back almost all of the anger I had a second ago. Yeah, if it's a siege weapon, that that could work out pretty well.
2: Don't take anything back. This is... (laughs) heavily speculated
0: yeah this could be something uh totally mocked up from deviant art not exactly from deviant art but some something somebody made but making star wars it so that's why it's like okay they're usually pretty solid on uh stuff actually being leaks well,
1: speaking of making Star Wars, the next one is something that making Star Wars did cover a bit more extensively. And I think we might have talked about this in the abstract before, but Supreme Leader Snoke's Elite Praetorian Guards. The way that I'd probably talk about them is, how would you guys describe? Because they're they are very interesting looking.
0: They really, their helmet really remind me of uh, the Urukai from Lord of the Rings. They have a similar... Uh... Cowl and uh what looks like maybe even faceplate.
2: I have not seen the Lord of the Rings. They almost look like samurai helmets
1: to me. I am actually with uh with James on that one. When I looked at it, what it reminded me of, partly because I just play a lot of games, but so there's this game called Fur Honor, and one of the characters in that game is the Nobushi. And when I look at this mask and the way it's designed and the way it kind of looks is the nobushi granted that might also be because of the massive ass glaive that this guy's carrying but yeah i mean what do you mean called the praetorian guard
2: it makes me question like what does that mean
1: i mean like you know the, the praetorian guard were in many ways a unit from the imperial roman army that were made of the elite soldiers that basically got put in towards uh the praetor I guess. And so they tended to apparently provide protection security details to the Emperor and accompanied him on an active campaign, but they were also, in some ways, uh, secret police in how they acted. Well,
2: that's always I could see it being some sort of combination secret police... um...
1: Bodyguard deal?
2: yeah 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 like um almost like the secret service in a way you know the secret service is like elite um investigative arm when it comes to counterfeiting and they're the president's bodyguards
1: so i've i've just got one question based off of what we know from aftermath and empire's end do you think that uh hux was ever one of these elite praetorian guards no you don't really
0: like, yeah I- i'd have to agree with james
1: like, from what I saw and what I heard, like, about Hux's upbringing, you know, he was the top of the class.
0: Was that, like, in martial abilities or in leadership in general? Martial
1: stuff? abilities. in decisiveness and ruthlessness and absolute viciousness.
0: Uh, wasn't uh, his dad a general, though?
1: Yeah, his dad threw him into the uh, Psycho Kid murder Project.
0: Yeah, he really, I mean, from what I saw in the movie, he doesn't strike me that much as a martial character, more so a uh, a, a tactician or strategist, and I say that loosely given, uh, you know, how he executed things, but uh, I don't know, yeah, I I don't buy that he's a, a Praetorian guard.
1: See, for me, there's a couple reasons why I feel like he might be. One is because, from my read, specifically of Empire's End, they were setting him up to be that kind of total package villain the other reason is because from what i have seen in star wars in this new canon they have tended to like their imperial and first order characters to not be one-dimensional uh, a good example of that is someone like Arinda price or admiral thrawn neither both of them while being primarily bureaucratic and strategic in terms of their power are also all very capable fighters in their own right.
2: Which is why I don't think he'd be a Praetorian Guard. I feel like, you know, the Praetorian Guards are capable fighters. They're not people who wind up becoming generals, they're people who wind up becoming Praetorian Guards, and that's what they do. I feel like it's not a role that you would be in for a couple years and then advance out of. You know what I mean?
1: I mean, I know what you mean, but I mean, that's my understanding is that is certainly not what happened with the original Praetorian Guard. Hey, it's
2: pure speculation, so I could be 100% wrong. I usually am,
1: so...
0: That all sounds like they should be putting it in the movies and not in the the canon books, because they'd make characters better, but from what I've seen from the character in the film, though, no, he doesn't strike me as Marshall at all. They really should have hinted at that.
1: I agree. Like, it'd be weird if all of a sudden you saw Hux in that, in that armor at, at some random point leading a ground attack yeah that that would look really bad,
0: yeah that would be bad if they turned him into a uh yeah some sort of martial avatar of the first order, uh like a generalissimo he not only fights but he leads he should have been that from the beginning instead of this like sniveling yes man or you know he's kind of like a toady just like in the background just he's you know all talk no uh action yeah that's that's what we got so yeah that's why i would i could see that being a bad contradiction
1: the the last piece that's kind of interesting to talk about isn't honestly even this new first order officer it's really the thing that it's holding which looks like some kind of crazy ass battle axe I loves me a battle
0: axe. Yeah, which we saw in the flashback or flash forward scene in uh, Force Awakens. We did see the Knights of Ren, and a couple of them did have bladed weapons.
1: That's very true, except this thing is an energy axe of some variety. Yeah. Well, it's obvious. I mean, we had that that little uh,
2: energy sword fight with Finn. It's obvious that they're going to, not that they are, but that stormtroopers do more than just carry blasters now.
0: Oh, the shock Tonfa! Yeah, riot Tonfa! That was a big moment for Tonfa fans everywhere when he deployed that shock mall thing. <laughs>
1: I think it was a big moment for the internet when he then swung that thing around and made the whoop whoop noise.
0: But yeah, so we're getting more uh, first order type troopers. But what did they say it was in the article? It was like an execution trooper or something that welded it, wielded it. Like it's a gnarly looking piece of hardware yeah it is
1: uh so the site shared the artist's impressions of the executioner stormtrooper, who will apparently appear alongside captain fassman have their own energy weapon
2: could you imagine these guys are going
1: around executing the wounded well the only thing though is that this other place that we're looking at right now is calling it a first order stormtrooper officer
0: executioner that's really that's really dark it's heavy Unless there's going to be, like, an execution scene. But if they have, like, these guys deployed on the battlefield, that's... wow! talk about uh, crazy right-wing militaries.
2: Oh, boy. Things just took a weird turn.
0: So, uh, the Last Jedi, now with death squads. But these are movies for kids. <laughs> Movies for kids, David, with death squads. But like like you said, we don't know. We're getting Already we're getting two conflicting reports here. That's why it's like we don't like going too heavily into uh, this stuff because we could be wasting our time. We could be, you know, pontificating some hot air, but we wanted to focus here on some other things. I don't know, David. What do you think this could be?
1: I would like it to be some kind of executioner stormtrooper. I feel like this is more than likely one of those. I think this is going to wind up being a throwaway weapon. Like, I think it's going to show up, it's going to be in one scene, and that's going to be the end of it. Boo. And I feel, and I feel like what's going to happen is the same thing that happened with the cool vibro-axes in Return of the Jedi. Like, Luke Skywalker's just going to cut through them, and then they're going to die like like
2: wheat. Boo. I'm only booing because I can't do the little toot that, that Tom protect, perfected.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, I
2: really, really, really like the idea of an execution squad.
1: I don't know about a squad, but I like I like the idea of there essentially being these guys who are just out there for the sole purpose of
0: crushing.
1: Honestly, like I don't intend on them being in a battlefield. I expect them to be in like a civilian populated area,
0: just going around off at civilians yeah. or dissentings. Exactly. That. Oh, you want to talk a rebellion?
1: Whack. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm expecting, or, or part part of me is that's what I'm hoping to see, because I think that that would be what would be interesting to me.
0: There would be some grim, dark Wars right there.
1: Yeah, I'm a little bit worried that my Lordy K is kind of bleeding into this, where it's now. No, I traveled across, you know, I traveled across like thirty parsecs uh, to come and hit you with a bat- with an energy battle axe. Now you said what about Snoke? Whack. But yeah. Um. So Rogue One did pretty well for the saturn awards uh have you guys heard about this before yes i have
2: not what are the saturn
1: awards so apparently there's an academy of science fiction fantasy and horror films out there and rogue one was up for 11 different categories and actually won three wow yeah uh, it won best science fiction release best film direction and best film visual and special Effects. And in addition to that, it was up for Best Actress in Felicity Jones, Best Supporting Actor in Diego Luna, Best Film Screenplay, Best Film Production Design, Best Film Music, Best Film Costume Design, and Best Film Makeup. A movie that really cleaned up as well, though, looks to be uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, won a bunch of, uh, of awards.
2: I haven't seen it, but it's on my list. I've heard some good things about that, from a science fiction
0: perspective. Yeah, good for them. Nice if they won an Academy Award, but hey. And
1: then uh, Star Wars Rebels actually got recognized for being the best animated series on film or television. Which, you know, at first I was just like, oh, you know, I don't know really who's up against them or anything. But then I looked at the list, and they went against Bojack Horseman, Family Guy, The Little Prince, The Simpsons, and Troll Hunters. Now, I don't know about all of those shows, but Troll Hunters was one show that I've heard a lot of really positive things about. So the fact that Star Wars Rebels beat it out, that surprised me a little bit, honestly. I'm glad it did, because I love me some Star Wars Rebels, but I know you guys don't.
0: Like I said, it's really good, Dave Filoni's really good and smart, but yeah, The Simpsons isn't that big of a... Take down or uh, victory to load over because that show kind of blows now.
1: Yeah, that that
2: that thing is well beyond its its expiration date.
0: Yeah, Family Guy's getting there too. So, but yeah, no Dave Filoni. I'm happy for Dave Filoni. He deserves uh, every accolade and award he gets. He's a talented guy.
1: I'm really hoping that he announces his next project either Comic Con or D23 because they're gonna need something to fill in the time that they're not gonna spend talking about the Han Solo movie now.
2: They're going to talk about the Han Solo movie all the time. What are you talking about?
0: It's going great. Uh, Yeah, but, man, I I hope he does something. I hope he gets pushes for some live-action TV. I know he's an animator, and that's his bread and butter. But, man, can he tell a story. If he does do another animated show, I hope it's uh, TV 14 at least, so we can get into some heavier themes. But, man, if you were were to announce uh, that he's helming a live-action show and he's the... uh, kathleen kennedy and like full charge he's he's the boss numero uno and he's got an idea that would be uh some pretty fucking cool news
2: I, i'm with tom on that like i've watched some clone wars and rebels it's not my favorite because i think it's a little childish for me personally but the storytelling is great
0: yeah his shows feel like star wars like you watch them and you're like wow that that felt star warsy it's hard to it's hard to describe but you'll you'll watch a couple episodes of clone wars or a couple of those arcs and you're like wow that, that felt like star wars there's really
2: no other better way of putting it. He writes Star Wars or gets it.
1: Yeah, he absolutely gets it means and what it takes to make Star Wars. Part of me wonders if that's because of how closely he really did work with George Lucas day in and day out on the Clone Wars. You know, and that by the end of that, you know, it's he created it. But he also knows how to make a good show cuz I mean he was involved in Avatar the Last Airbender. I know we've mentioned this before. And that show hits a lot of not the same, but it also really knows how to develop a character, knows how to re- have characters react to one another, and knows how to tell a heartwarming or a heartbreaking story. He knows how to de- He knows how to deliver the feel.
2: Basically, he does everything that that um, George Lucas did not do in the prequels. Was that being a little hard on Georgie?
0: Oh no, never. No, he gets all the shit that gets thrown at him. He deserves some of it. Speaking of uh, rumors and possible spoilers and theoretical uh, storylines, there's some information coming out. uh, What about uh, Visceral Games? And the game that they've been working on now for some time.
1: Yeah, this is the one that had the, like, mini teaser a year or two ago of this guy walking out of a, of a building, and then there were, it was like a desert area, and then there were a couple of TIE Fighters that flew across the distance. Uh, it's the one that is, I believe, going to be an action platformer in the vein of either you know, what was going to be Star Wars 1313, or what is uh uncharted uh naughty dogs uncharted
2: didn't they also um cancel but they had to rewrite some of it because it was coming to be too close coming to be too close to something else that um they were working on the hand solo project
1: that's something that was rumored out there i you know with everything that we've heard i don't know how true that's gonna be because if it (laughs) did look like they were going to comedic bent i can't imagine this this one being very comedic
0: That's a valid point. But that rumor was out there. Yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah.
1: And so the rumor is that we are playing an Alderaanian survivor. You know, someone from Alderaan who survived the planet's destruction because he wasn't on that planet. That's a good way to survive. And apparently, you know, and this is kind of like the spoiler piece, it looks like originally he the character is going to be imperial sympath an imperial sympathizer but as they're kind of driven into a corner because uh as leia uh, sorry because as we saw in the princess leia comics the imperials start hunting and detaining uh, anyone from the planet of alderaan for suspected rebel ties and because of that, you know, I think it. It, I think eventually you wind, you wind up fighting on the same side as the rebellion, even if you blame the rebellion for what happened to Alderaan in the first place.
2: It's almost like that guy that was in the end of um, Lost Stars, who was an Imperial but uh, Alderaanian, but sympathized with the Empire. Remember that, Dave? That guy went bloody nuts. Don't we all
1: go nuts? No, no, we don't all go insane. <laughs>
0: I got a theory. Lucas Snoke.
1: Lucas Snoke. And that, like, the final confrontation is really like him. He approaches the empty throne and then he just sits down. The hologram goes up and then he calls in Kylo Ren.
2: Okay, that was batshit crazy. So, yes, Tom goes insane.
0: (laughs) I'd be okay with it. Dude, what if Snoke is Snoke? Oh, man. Man.
1: That's just obviously impossible
0: yeah i i'm looking forward to the you know i'm looking forward to this type of game of course we got battlefront 2 coming we have no i don't know if there's any real news of that i think everything's gonna drop here on the 15th of July if anything's gonna come out it's gonna come out then but uh yeah this this looks cool this uh something like the old kotor non mmo game or uh just a fun story i remember i, I had a ton of fun back on the day playing the uh Django Fett game where you were a bounty hunter going and collecting uh, bounties, and you got to explore a little bit in that. It was a little bit of free roam, just a tad, and you would go and do missions.
1: One of my biggest regrets from that era was that that was not a game that I got to play. And as far as I've seen, I haven't seen a port of it over to PC yet.
0: Well, you got your money's worth out of Republic Commando.
1: I certainly did that.
0: <laughs> Blown out hard drives and video cards. No, that was that was another good game. I remember being like oh wow they tried with this one this is pretty cool i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens
1: yeah uh, you know it's kind of weird i think if you were to put my excitement for this visceral game up against the han solo movie the visceral game i am way more excited for the story that's going to be told in there honestly i'm more ex- i am way more excited for battlefront 2 story than i w- than i am for the han solo movie <laughs>
0: It's not weird. Yeah, I agree.
1: I I feel like it should be, though. Like, that shouldn't be the case. Like, I should not be as excited about, let's say, the Ant-Man game as I am about the Ant-Man movie.
0: Yeah, they should really make the Han Solo video game and then do a uh, movie about this person in the fall of the Empire.
1: Fucking hell yes. I would really enjoy that, actually. I probably wouldn't pick up the Han Solo game, but...
0: Oh, yeah, no, I would not buy that Han Solo game, but I would go see that movie. (laughs) Whereas I'm not going to go see the movie, but I would do the game. Man, that's going to be a rough fucking year.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things I'm partially thinking is, you know, just based on video game development times, I wonder if this visceral visceral game is going to come out a little bit before or a little bit after the Han Solo movie. And then we can just talk about how great a story that was.
0: Yeah, that's going to be the year of not talking about the film. Or just, do we have any episode 9 news? No. Okay, fuck it. Heavy drinking.
1: Either that, or we could go back to what happened after The Force Awakens, which is just like, what was it, we probably had like four weeks worth of just discussions and dissections and you angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I fully expect that to happen again. It's going to have to, well, because... Wait, maybe, maybe
1: we'll have a really cool weekly show that'll be on at about the same time. Huh? Yeah?
0: Unlikely, but maybe. But yeah, so there is a uh, potential trailer and potential Last Jedi behind-the-scenes trailer expected at D23, which is July 15th, less than two weeks away.
2: I mean, if I'm Lucasfilm, I'm sitting there, and am like, we gotta get something now, because everything has been Han Solo negativity. You gotta have a trailer soon. I think last week we were discussing how we might see one the very next day.
1: Yeah, there was a rumor going out, which obviously did not happen.
0: And actually, thinking about it too, that's smart. Because then it doesn't look like they're panicking. They're, they're, they'll release it D23 when they probably planned on doing it anyway.
1: There was There's been some reports that this has been ready for quite some time. Like, that they barely missed revealing this at celebration. So, because of that, it's something that I feel like is going to be really polished, it's going to be good, it's going to be really interesting and neat. At least in part because Rian Johnson seems to have a very odd visual aesthetic to him when you look at a lot of the photos that he has taken and published on Instagram and the like. But I'm really excited to see what, if any, kind of new shots, costumes, interactions we get to see i want to see finn talk to someone i want to know who john boyega is going to be interacting with in this movie his imperial brother. i would love to know that i i somehow doubt that would be in this (laughs) but you know but if you're looking for more star wars content uh james arnold taylor uh the voice of obi-wan from the clone wars recently started last month a show that he calls clone wars conversations where he talks to the other voice actors that were involved in the show, talking about the process, talking about the accents that they developed and used for different characters. And if you're interested in really diving deep into the behind the scenes of the Clone Wars, that has some really interesting stuff, both in terms of the process that they went through in order to become part of the Clone Wars, and also what it was like working in the Clone Wars. The only other thing to really note is that the new shorts that they've been putting that they've been teasing for a while now uh has been put out for the forces of destiny which is uh this youtube series that disney has created uh to get star wars out to more and more people i believe all of the characters that are the key characters in forces of destiny are the big uh female stars from from the star wars universe and the first one is out now which was the sense Jakku, which focused on Rey and BB8. In some ways you could look at it as kind of like an outtake. It's it's just this nice little lighthearted little Star Wars thing. That's all.
2: I admit I ain't watched it but I heard something. Did she did Rey use some force powers on Jakku with BB8? No. For some reason Twitter was saying that she did
1: there's some really dumb stuff in there right now about how it's impossible for her to carry bb8 because bb8 would be too heavy and it's just like it doesn't matter it's a cute little cartoon show that's like saying that mace windu didn't punch through like hundreds of thousands of of, uh of droids in you know the old uh, clone wars cartoon not the one that dave filoni did but the one before that
2: yeah, that that's pretty stupid. If that's if that's what the rumor I saw on the interwebs was about, that's really stupid.
1: Yeah, that is. That is almost certainly exactly what it's about. I mean, like I'm I'm typically one for like, oh, let's dissect it and that kind of thing. But the the short is two and a half minutes long. You're not. You can't be looking at super great detail for that.
2: Yeah. How the uh, whatever. You got my
0: rage.
1: And that's all that I've got. Uh, was there any other Star Wars news for you guys lately?
0: No, I'm uh, I'm pretty much for this week. Uh, I think that, that might wrap things up. I've been keeping quiet the last 10 minutes, not because I've not been interested, but my neighbors are blowing off an extreme amount of ordinance, and I don't know how much of it's coming through the microphone. So I do apologize. But uh, yeah, the, tell us uh, what you guys think. Write us in a comment. Send us an email at CoruscantPulse at gmail.com. Remember to check out Puppet State Media and our other fine shows we got there. Also, it always helps go on iTunes if you like the show, leave a five-star review, helps the show grow. Maybe one day we could get some guests and uh, stuff on here and we could ask them the hard-hitting questions we so want to ask. And also wanted to go ahead and thank our unofficial official forum mod, uh, Wedge Antilles himself, our leader Antilles for leaving a whole stream of comments and engaging us on our crazy whacked out theories till uh, next week may the force be with you always dun, dun, doo, 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 doo.